It's the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Tuesday, September 25th. I'm Donald Ware. Takeaway Tuesday, as it were. We got a whole lot to get to on the podcast today. And, of course, the big story in all of HBCU football was the fact that Morgan State defeated North Carolina A&T 16-13 on Saturday at BB&T Stadium on the campus of North Carolina A&T. It had been 665 days since the last time the Aggies lost a football game. And we talked about it. As a matter of fact, talked about it last week on the podcast on Takeaway Tuesday. You know, I said that Morgan State was probably more uh, one of the more dangerous 0-3 teams in the conference. I did not see them winning this game, but I did see it being a close defensive battle, and that is what it ultimately was. You're talking about three field goals and a touchdown for Morgan State. You're talking about two touchdowns and a missed two-point conversion for the Aggies, and that was your ball game 16-13. to Going to break that game down, and of course, with A&T's loss, Tennessee State now moves up as the number one team in all of HBCU football, but it wasn't clear-cut. It's not a unanimous deal. As a matter of fact, if you look at both the coaches and media polls, A&T received quite a few first-place votes in both the coaches and media polls, and I, I would say rightfully so. I mean, I think um, I think Tennessee State should be the number one team, but I can understand while some, why some would vote for A&T, I think you have to look at the entire body of work, the win against Jacksonville State, the win against FBS opponent ECU, even the beating of Gardner-Webb. I get it, Gardner-Webb, you know, got beat down by Appalachian State this past week, uh, this past Saturday, but the fact of the matter is A&T back-to-back seasons has destroyed Gardner-Webb and just shows that they can play with any opponent in the country and any non-HBCU opponent, as a matter of fact. So I think you do give credence to the fact that you have to look at the entire body of work. But to me, I would have dropped A&T just because of the loss to a non-ranked team, to an undefeated team, even though, I mean, at the end of the day, I I could see that Morgan State was not a bad football team. And I'll just kind of share this with you. I am a Morgan alum. I am the play-by-play voice for North Carolina A&T football. So you can see the dichotomy uh, in that particular situation. But this is the deal. I I suffered as a, well, I'm not going to say suffer, but it was some tough times. Let's put it like this. It was some tough times um, as the, as a student at Morgan State rooting for the football team. Um, I can think back to 1998. As a matter of fact, Morgan State, because of the renovations to Hughes Stadium, the on-campus stadium at Morgan State, uh, Morgan State played its homecoming game in 1998 at Raven Stadium, which was in its first year of existence in 1998. As a matter of fact, the first non-Ravens event at Raven Stadium was Morgan State's homecoming. I don't even remember who the homecoming opponent was. It may have been Delaware State. Morgan won that game on homecoming in 1998, and it had been 20 years since Morgan State had won a homecoming. So I'd been through some things, um, you know, following that football team, and there weren't some great times with that football team. So I can look at it from a different vantage point 
then other people can look at it. And just in following HBCU sports, and in this instance, following Morgan State over the years, I can look at the fact that if you look at their first game, they lose that game to Towson, um, something like 30 to 16 or something like that. Now, you can kind of look at that score, and uh, as a matter of fact, while while I'm talking, I'm going to pull up um, that score against the uh, with the Townsend game. Uh, it was it was 36 to 10, but it was a little. I think the game was closer than the score may indicate. So you say, okay, 36 to 10. But if you know the history of that rivalry between Morgan State and Townsend, it's been pretty much one sided in favor of Townsend, and in a lot of years, that's a blowout. Townsend blows Morgan State out. No, this time it's only a 26-point win. You say only a 26-point win, but my point is the game was closer than the score would indicate. The next week, a 41-7 loss at the hands of Akron. We've seen FBS opponents absolutely crush FCS opponents um, to the point about Gardner-Webb. Uh, they lost to App State 70-7, 41-7 against an FBS opponent. I mean, you know, it's open to conjecture, but to me, not bad, especially um, from a Morgan State perspective. Then look at the next week against uh, the University of Albany. I mean, maybe not a perennial power, but they play in a decent conference. They play some decent ball from year to year. They had a lead, meaning Morgan State, about halfway through the fourth quarter, ultimately lost that game 30 to 27. I look at some of the players that they have on defense. I look at um, I look at the fact that um, they have um, uh, a, a, a young man by the name of Rico Kennedy who plays linebacker was basically all over the field uh, even though he only got credit for a certain A. I think he only got credit for like two tackles and one of those tackles was for loss. He was all over the field wreaking havoc against North Carolina A&T. Um, you know they had a young man uh, by the name of Dante Small, had three interceptions in the game the week before against Albany. He also did have one against A&T. So when I put together all of those particular elements, I'm like, this this Morgan State team isn't as bad as people think. And I think Sam Washington, the head football coach at North Carolina A&T, concurred. Um, when we did the radio show on Monday, he concurred that it was one of the more dangerous 0-3 teams in the country. So I'd been saying that all week. And I mean, um, the defenses in this game were good. I, I, Morgan State's defense was better. Um, and they uh, they held a and to 208 yards of total offense. A&T likes to have a nice balance between run and pass. Um, and the Aggies weren't able to to do either. They they put together some looks that uh, I would say uh, presented some challenges to Lamar Raynard, the quarterback, um, and uh, he also gave way in this game to Khalil Carter, the backup quarterback. Also, A&T not able to run the football very effectively, only 120 yards rushing. You look back two weeks ago, they absolutely dominated the run game against Gardner-Webb. So it's a lot of things that Morgan State, uh, that A&T wanted to do that Morgan State in, did not enable them to do. The other thing I would say is this. Morgan State, from an offensive perspective, um, did enough in the running game. 132 yards rushing. Mo- no team has rushed for more than 80-some-odd yards against A&T all year. 
and Morgan State ran for 132 yards. Um, I look at what Joshua Chase and Jordan Riggins, the running backs, were able to accomplish together. They both uh, did well. I mean, in all things considered, they ran for 87 yards. But the X factor in this game was the quarterback, DeAndre Harris. He rushed for 45 yards and a touchdown, completed 10 of 24 passes for 138 yards. That may not seem like great uh, and one touchdown. No, excuse me, one interception and one touchdown. That may not seem like great numbers, and they're not great numbers. But within the flow of the game, when Morgan State needed to make a play offensively, they were able to make plays, and they made one more play than A and T did. They, uh, you had a situation where Morgan State went up first. It was seven to nothing. A and T came back. Missed the two-point conversion, which made it 7-6. to six. Uh, Then an Alex Ray, a field goal for Morgan State, put the Bears up 10-6. to six. Uh, A&T fought, 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 finally took the lead um, on a, a Cartwright 19, Marquell Cartwright 19-yard touchdown run that put A&T up 13-10. I think at that point you're like, okay, um, you know, Morgan State's played a good football game, but now um, A&T is going to begin – to make things happen well that wasn't the case because Morgan State's defense continued to stay tough and Morgan State offensively was able to move the football um and by the way they got a 51 yard field goal by Alex Rea with 918 remaining in the fourth quarter to tie the game um and that was a big field goal a huge field goal for Morgan State didn't expect him to make the 51 yarder and then of course he had the game-winning 36-yarder as time expired to give Morgan State the win. Rhea had not even kicked at all this season. You look at some of the stats, um, Morgan uh, A&T 1 of 12 on third-down conversions. That's not going to get it done. And listen, I mean, you know, I, I heard from a lot of Aggie fans. I think in this instance – um, a lot was made of the play calling. A lot was made of Raynard and what he didn't do and so on and so forth. And yes, Raynard has been off. It's no question about that. I mean, that's no secret. He's been, he's been off. It's no secret. He's been off. He hasn't put up the numbers that he put up last year. In talking with Sam Washington, Coach Washington said he's putting a little bit too much pressure on him. Malik Wilson, his wide receiver, said the same thing. He's putting too much pressure on himself. He needs to relax and rely a little bit more on on his teammates, um, you know, play calling. Yeah, there may have been some times where some of the play calling, if you're an A&T fan, wasn't that great. I didn't think, I didn't really look at it that way. I looked at it that I thought Morgan State played a good game. But I will tell you this. Um, if you go back, if you're an A&T fan, go back to the win against ECU. How much credit did A&T get for that win against ECU? None. UNC, uh Head coach Larry Fedora gave A&T no credit. He said that ECU didn't do this, didn't do that, could have done more, should have won that football game. Um, the, the, a lot of the media, particularly in the Greenville to Raleigh area, gave A&T no credit for the win. It wasn't about A&T and what A&T did. It was about what ECU didn't do, according to the media. So in this same regard, it, you got to give Morgan State credit. Can't be about what you didn't do. And there were some things that A&T didn't do. But you got to give Morgan State credit. And, uh, I mean, the, the Bears made more plays, particularly when it counted 
from an offensive standpoint, they're not the greatest offensive football team, but they made plays when it counted and their defense stood tall. So I think ultimately, um, you know, A&T's got a big game on Saturday against South Carolina State. That's a, uh, you know, that's a big rivalry game. It's Thursday night. Uh, it's nationally televised. And the Bears or the uh, the Aggies going to have to be able to bounce back from the loss against uh, Morgan State. So that's all I'll say about that game. That was the big story or is the big story in all of HBCU football this week. So with that story, uh, with us putting that to rest, let's look at Tennessee State in its 41 to 40 victory over Eastern Illinois. The Tigers now off to the 2 and 0 start. Remember they've had two games. They had a game postponed against Hampton. They had a game canceled. Uh, the Jackson State game was canceled, but the, um, Tell you what, Tennessee State fought, and they fought back. I mean, they were down in this football game as much as 24-3, to continued to fight, continued to fight, continued to fight, and finally took the lead with about three minutes remaining in the fourth quarter um, on an Earl Harrison touchdown run, and ultimately it uh, propelled Tennessee State to the 41-40 to victory. I, you know, I thought Tennessee State would be improved this year, and that's a huge win. You want to get the conference – um, slate off to a, the right start and I mean again this is a victory on the road so a great win by Tennessee State so now they are number one in the box to row coaches and media polls and they deserve to be number one in both of those polls we'll look at some of the other games you know Bowie State continues to roll um, another 300 plus yard performance in terms of passing by Amir Hall the quarterback for Bowie State, um, that guy is incredible, and the Bowie State offense is absolutely incredible as well. You know, um, just a lot of other games. Prairie View AM. Well, before I even talk about Prairie View AM, let's talk about Howard over Bethune Cookman, forty-one to thirty-five. That game played in Indianapolis in the Circle City Classic, and uh, Howard off the snide, but more importantly. Howard is now 1-0 in conference play. They're 1-2 overall, 1-0 in conference play. And that was a big win. Kalen Newton continues to impress. But Ezard, the wide receiver, man, this guy is the real deal. Did you see the one-handed catch that he had? And he had in excess of 200 yards receiving. That guy is the real deal as Howard um, able to beat Bethune-Cookman. And that was a big win. Listen. Morehouse continues to roll. They are now 4-0 on the season. 23-21 victory over Miles. That's a that's a big game and a big win for Morehouse because Miles came into that game 0-3. They were knocking on the door in terms of trying to get that first victory. But Morehouse, um, uh, you know, this may be the year for Morehouse. This may be the year for Morehouse. Now, Prairie View A&M defeated Arkansas Pine Bluff 62-13. Prairie View A&M is the real deal. Let me tell you, these guys are for real because if you look at their schedule, an extremely tough schedule, first game against Rice, they lose. Next game, they beat North Carolina Central in the Miak Swag Challenge. The following game, they lose to Sam Houston State, a perennial FCS power. And then, um, you know, uh, Prairie View A&M had to play another um, UNLV. And and, and and listen, they, they score some points against UNLV. So, they opened up a can on Arkansas Pine Bluff. Jalen Morton, absolutely phenomenal. The quarterback was named one of our Box to Row National Players of the Week because 
in the game. He had 511 yards of total offense and had was responsible for six touchdowns. And what a victory for Prairie View A&M. Speaking of Prairie View A&M, the, uh, one of their rivals, Grambling State, defeated Alabama State 34 to nothing in that game. So what that does is sets up the showdown in the State Fair Classic between Grambling and Prairie View A&M on Saturday in Dallas. That's a huge football game. It's a game which Grambling has won the high-scoring affair the last couple of years. I think, I mean, you know, I can, I can say right now, I think Prairie View A&M is the best team in the SWAC's Western Division. Easy to say, but this will decide it. And I think the winner of this game ultimately wins. I mean, Southern still may have something to say about it, but I think the winner of this game ultimately wins the SWAC's Western Division. Alcorn State continues to roll, 56-20 over Mississippi Valley State. Florida A&M with the 31-13 victory over Savannah State. Um, so, listen, I mean, a, a lot of really um, big games this past weekend, um, a lot of big wins for some teams that needed some wins, a lot of big games uh, upcoming for uh, this upcoming week. So, the and 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 we're really in conference play now. It's more conference play. The Morgan State and A and T game. I think one of the things that bodes well for A and T is that this was not a conference game. It wasn't a conference game for A and T. So now they're still zero and zero in the conference with their first official conference game coming against South Carolina State on Tuesday. Also on on this Thursday, I should say. Also must mention that. Bryce Witt, the quarterback for Chawan, was our other Boxer Row National Player of the Week. Completed 23 of 33 passes, 439 yards, three touchdowns. He also rushed for 45 yards and had two touchdowns as Chawan defeated McKendry 55-45. to 45. So that's going to wrap it up for the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Takeaway Tuesday. Don't forget to stay locked into our website at BoxToRow.com. You can read more about our BoxToRow National Players of the Week. You can get all of the HBCU football scores from week four. And you can take a look at the Box to Row coaches and media polls. Talk with you real soon. <laughs>